Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past, and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high-praise classic films float, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Hunt, I am tired. Yeah, I'm tired. Did you have a big day. We had a big day. You did. Okay, I. I don't want to say you accomplished a lot, but you did. But that mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like the right way to sum up. I'd say we both got a lot done today, but yeah. your I mostly assisted you and did cleaning, whereas you actually had to like do the hard part. Yeah. I was but all, how excited are you about it? I'm very excited. I was installing a whole bunch of new fancy fun stuff in, my, in, in our new house. Yeah. So we'll tell the folks the new smart home features <laughs> our new house has oh we have a new a nice new smart lock that has mm-hmm. like 15 different ways to enter mm-hmm. and we have a security system that we couldn't set up because the internet's not set up yet not till tomorrow nope and we have a new fancy thermostat that i had to like rewire which i've never done before and i did it yeah i was very impressed i knew you could but i think it was more like did you have the confidence to and then there was a little bit of my anxiety that was like, don't F it up. Yeah. yeah. But that I kept my mouth shut because <laughs> my anxiety would only make your anxiety worse. And anxiety is a beast. So I, I was I just like, I'm going to shut my mouth and hold the flashlight. I appreciate that. It's like I spent my whole youth training for that moment of <laughs> holding the flashlight. Holding the flashlight. Well, if you want to hear more stories about that, I'm probably going to have gone into it in detail. On Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads, my other podcast that I do with my good friend Chris Blonsky. Yeah. A nice plug. Hey, if if i am got movie stuff to talk about, I plug this show on that show. So I'm always going to be plugging something. Okay, well, that's fair. Yeah. But this week, we will be talking on this show about Predator, which originally hit theaters back in 1987. In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jet. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. Whatever it is out there, killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He will skin the lion. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. Well, June 1987. We watched too many 1997 movies in a row because now I'm. Yeah, I, yeah, I almost picked a 1997 movie just to screw with you, but 
I wanted no. to watch this. I wanted to watch I this. almost did too, actually, for my next one, but I found something from a different time. Oh, that's good. So anyway, June 2nd, the Mariners draft Ken Griffey Jr. as their number one pick. What a important baseball player that I don't know anything about. Except? Except that Ken Griffey Jr. has a video game. Oh, isn't he one of the players on the Simpsons episode? He is on one of the Simpsons episodes, too. Yeah, he's on the... The, soft, yeah. soft the softball ball. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, seriously, he is actually one of the most important baseball players of all time. I've heard this, but I don't know much about baseball, so I don't know his stats or anything like that. Do you have stats? Did you write things down? Um, no. No. No, you didn't. Because this isn't a baseball podcast. No, but I always have follow-up questions sometimes. Anyway. Always sometimes. On June 11th. Margaret Thatcher is the first British prime minister in 160 years to win a third consecutive term. Wow. Which is one of those things where like. So Ken Griffey Jr. is drafted mm-hmm. and I know who Ken Griffey Jr. is and because of that Simpsons episode and because at the time that that episode aired, it was like baseball fever in Ontario because the Blue Jays were doing well. Uh, yeah, that's true. So I knew a bit about baseball. So the fact that that overlapped with Margaret Thatcher being elected as prime minister, whereas Margaret Thatcher being prime minister is something that I think about as like a seventies thing. Yeah. That's it's, it's, it's very much like, no, Margaret Thatcher was prime minister like 40 years ago. Oh my God. The start of the eighties was 40 years ago. And then my brain hurts even more fun on June 30th. The Royal Canadian Mint introduces the $1 coin. Oh, wow. Known affectionately as the Looney. That was 97? I feel like it was earlier than that. I guess not. I honestly, I still remember them even as a little kid. Like, I was only two. And I do actually remember the Loonies coming out and being a big deal. And I remember $1 bills. I have somewhere, it actually might be in the drawers next to you, a roll of $1 bills. It's like six dollars. Yeah, it's not worth any more. Oh no, it's not. But I have them for some reason. It's because you are worse than me when it comes to throwing things out. And I'm not saying throw out the money. Yeah, why would I throw out six dollars? Why would you hold on to six dollars? Because it's interesting. If I had any two dollar bills, I'd keep those too. I would say all the times we've had to go to the bank lately would have been a great time to be like, hey, can I just put six dollars in my bank account? No, I, I would rather keep those dollar bills see like i said you're the worst at getting rid of stuff Mm -hmm. anyway anyway last but not least on june 30th as well the daytime emmy awards 14th uh, awards presentation and susan lucci loses for the eighth time poor susan lucci i like that we have hit where she won but still it's pretty hilarious that we keep going back to it i love that anytime it's a june movie it's just like this constant thing that keeps us going yeah yeah would you like to hear about the box office yes i would i want to know all about predator and the world around it well hilariously the movie that led into memorial day which tends to be this beginning of blockbuster season Mm -hmm. was the big smash hit ishtar never seen that no it debuted at 4.3 million and went down in history as one of the biggest bombs of all time Mm mm-hmm that was beaten by a huge debut for Beverly Hills Cop 2 at 33 million, which was number one for three weeks, and then beaten by Predator at 12 million. That was then beaten the next week by Witches of Eastwick at 8.2 million, and the top movies of the year were Three Men and a Baby at 
million dollars fatal attraction at 156.6 million dollars and beverly hills cop 2 at 153 million all fairly close together there Mm -hmm. predator was number 12 at 59.7 million well fancy that there you go so not not the huge smash success i would have thought it was based on the legacy it has left us this is true i mean i think i think the fact that this is a schwarzenegger movie is what really cements this movie's legacy you know and then the fact that the predator is such a great this is true but i feel like less people would have given it a chance had it not been a schwarzenegger movie oh probably yeah yeah his name attached to it right so Mm -hmm. but anyway i digress I suppose we should be talking about our first memories of this film. I would say you go ahead because I'm sure mine are very short. Mine? Well, I, I I know what yours are. Did you not? You didn't watch this movie for the first time until we started dating. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was when we started dating. Yeah, because I, I remember specifically being like, you've never seen Predator. And then I made you watch it and you were like, this is going to be so stupid. And then at the time, I don't know if that carries forward now. You were like, that was ridiculous. I loved it. So we'll see later. We'll see. If, but basically, if you've, yes, as you yeah. told, that is my memory of watching. That is your memory of this movie. For me, I this is this is going back to the the bad babysitter. I don't know if I've actually told the bad babysitter story uh, on this have. podcast. Okay, I'm pretty sure you have. I know we've told your babysitter podcast stories. I'm pretty sure we've told yours a few times. Possibly. Well, anyway, very quickly, babysitter. Let us watch horror movies super young i was like six maybe five when i saw this movie for the first time i had no idea what i was getting into for the movie started mid not midway through the first time i saw it but early on early on that the i missed the i hadn't seen the beginning of the movie but i had seen the first dead bodies in the movie Hmm. so like the skinned ones hanging from the the skin ones hanging from a tree so this movie had none of that set up for me. I had no idea what I was watching. And then as the movie goes on, it gets ridiculous. It gets more and more ridiculous because like, I had no idea that there is something at the beginning of this movie that sets the tone of what you are in for. And I didn't have that. So suddenly it was just like, what, what is this? Where did this monster come from? You know? So it just sort of appears all of a sudden, but yeah, that was my first viewing of Predator, and I always remembered it. And like the, as you said, the the Predator monster itself is a a popular sci fi villain, uh, horror villain. I, I kept it in my memories because of the pop culture fame of the of the creature. Mm-hmm. And from there, I, I you know I ended up buying the movie myself on DVD and watching it often because it was a movie I really liked. And here we are today. And that's the thing, like, it is obviously a movie I knew about. I, I'm pretty sure I saw Alien versus Predator before I saw Predator. Mm-hmm. And, heck, I worked in a comic book store for a long time. We carried a ton of Predator comics. Like, I was well aware of Predator as an entity. I just had never actually watched the original Predator because I was like, well, it's just going to be a silly 80s action Arnold movie. And it is, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. No. So not a ton of, of like memories like to go into crazy details on, but we can go into crazy details on this movie. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's get into it. So the movie starts with some space. 
some ship coming in, dropping off some aliens from space. I like that that sets it up as obviously something sci-fi is happening Mm -hmm. because then you get into the rest of the setup for the movie, which is Arnold is being told by his superior in the army and CIA, CIA, and then um, Carl Weathers that they have to go do this thing that's basically like it's a suicide mission. It's like a suicide mission. It's a suicide like, rescue mission. But the thing with it is, it's all very like this movie is like hot on the heels of Commando. Yes. And as I I've decided, and especially upon watching now this movie, so my head is now so John Matrix mm-hmm. was his code name that they not code but like new identity name they gave him after he left the Secret Service military. Secret Service is a real thing, mm-hmm. but like secret military. And he, or like Dutch is still his code name. I don't know. But he, after Commando, he was like, man, I forgot how much I missed military crap and doing these adventures and basically killing folks. I want back in. And he goes back and then this is the mission he's on. Okay. So that is because that's my headcanon. I seem to remember when we were watching Commando, it was the flip flop that Predator happened and then he retired and then Commando happened. No, what, I'm going to say we're going to go this way. You're going to go the opposite way with it. Because okay. nobody would come back after Predator. <laughs> I guess He's not. like, I'm no. done. He's done. Well, but I mean, uh, yeah, that's I, that would make me want to retire. But that's the thing. So you've got this movie and it's got this setup of like, oh, it's a space movie. And then suddenly, oh, it's it's very not mm-hmm. because it's, it's Arnold doing Arnold stuff. And then you don't really see anything sci-fi in the movie because you you see that you'd meet the team yep. and you get the really terrible jokes about the guy's wife's pussy. Yes. And I was just like, I know they're supposed to be terrible and no one reacts to them, which is good. But like, who came up with those? The guy g- delivering the jokes. He was the writer. Well, no, he didn't write those, did he? Yeah. No, Shane West didn't write this. Shane Black? Shane, Shane Black. Shane Black. Shane West is someone else. Shane Black. Shane Black. The only reason Shane Black is in this movie was so that they could pay him to write this the movie. Oh, this there. movie's written by other people. He is also uh, one of the writers of this movie. Sure. He did like punch up and stuff. Oh well, no, punch up stuff. He didn't write it. He was a. He wrote those jokes though. Okay. Okay. So he was hired because I know he wrote. Um, because this was written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, he could have been like, I get being hired to do like punch ups and stuff. That's, that's, that's why they brought him. Different. That's why they brought him back to do the Predator later was because of his involvement in this movie. Oh, OK. Yeah, because he he's known for like action fun movies for writing, right? Like he wrote Lethal Weapon. Yes. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I he think, wrote too. Monster Squad. Oh, did he? Yeah, and oh. the last Boy Scout and last action hero. That's a twofer right there. He's all about those last ones. Oh, the long kiss good night's really good though. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, so he's ridiculous. But like everything in this movie is very much like this is very standard eighties action war movie thing. Yeah, it's it's over the top. Like the first Hyper-masculine. act masculine. The first act of this movie. It's just commando. <laughs> yeah, it's muscles, guns, face paint, 
like all that stuff that they do. The only thing he doesn't do is kidnap a pilot. Like, you know? yeah, like they have hired a guy who actually is supposed to have fly them in, and that's fine. And like, he has an antagonistic relationship with a dude with a mustache. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do like that we got that really good shot of the meme of the yes, the, the fist like arm wrestle sort of. Yeah, yeah the the double shake. arm handshake. Yep, with the giant muscles. Like, I'm on board for that. But no, like it's very much just set up like that. So I could imagine it being 1987 and you're like, wait, when are they going to get to the spaceship? Yeah. You know, like, but I mean, fair. Because like Arnold wasn't just known for Commando at this point because he also did Terminator. Terminator. And so it's not like people wouldn't expect him to be doing some sort of sci-fi movie. Yeah. See, the thing that I I think I don't say that I, I dislike it, but I wish they'd done something slightly different with the intro oh, of this movie. Like what? So, I mean, this movie, if you cut out the first 30 seconds of this movie, it becomes one of those movies where it's like, surprise, this is in a different movie. Unless the trailers and completely spoiled it for you. Like, think of The Matrix. If, if you don't know what The Matrix is going into it, you do not get a clue until it happens. You know, and this is one of those movies with the exception of that bit at the beginning. There are clues, but until like it hits the fan, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And there's uh, like I'm trying to think of a couple other movies that are like that as well. Like Terminator 2. If you don't watch the trailer for Terminator 2, Terminator 2 is one of those movies. You know, like it's there's a twist that you don't see coming and Mm -hmm. until it happens kind of a thing. And and I feel like as, as much as I, I like that there is that tease there, I felt like it could have been a little more subtle, like maybe at the beginning when their helicopters coming in, you see something fly in through the ba- like through the clouds, like just like There's uh, something in the background. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think. Do you Cloverfield. remember? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say was Cloverfield at the end of Cloverfield where there's the shot of them on the Ferris wheel. You see the thing splash down behind them. That yeah. I think I think that would have made it better in the way that I think. I don't think it definitely would make it better. Like I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. But still I, I do like how they did it where it's just like it's sci-fi, then it's not, and then oh my, it is, but mm-hmm. it's not hard sci-fi. Yeah. There's there's some nice like subtle teases before things actually start happening. Like mm-hmm. I used to believe from previous viewings that the first time you see the predator, not to see the predator, but get an inkling of the predator being there is the first time the thermal vision shows up. And that's not true. The first time the predator shows up is during the, the skinned body scene. You can, Oh, cause you, it, you don't see it. But when I believe it's Billy, if I remember it correctly at this point, it's Billy going through the bush. Mm-hmm. Billy finds the dead bodies. Yeah. When Billy is about to, to crash through the trees and find the bodies, you hear the predator do the like right before it's the first time the predator is seen or heard in the film, aside from the going in the the atmosphere bit at the beginning. So I wanted to talk about Billy real briefly. Okay. Because like, I like Billy. He seems like a cool character and everything, but you know, he's also very stereotypical, like, oh, he's the native guy, so he's the tracker. Right. He uses his Native American skills to track and that right. stuff. And I'm like, on one hand, Billy's a badass. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, well, the stereotype. there is a stereotype. So I was like, oh, I don't know how I should feel about this one. I mean, it, it's a movie in the 80s. Well, uh, I'm just saying for like the, holding up now. Yeah. I, I feel like 
I feel like they would unfortunately still do that in a movie, which is like unfortunate because like, unless you're basing it on a true person who did that, Mm -hmm. it is a bit of a stereotype. Yeah. I mean, there are other, there are other guys on the team that are also trackers. But no one is as good a tracker as Billy is. Yeah. And he tends to, the, the way they show him doing his tracking tends to be like him standing there and just absorbing the woods mm-hmm. around him. And he's not actually doing anything, but he just knows. And it's like, hmm, it's a little bit of that cliche. Right. But anyway, so I just wanted to make, because, you know, we do talk about We these. do and talk then, about that. And then, of course, there are some. There are some dialogue choices. F-bombs, yes. And I don't mean the. The fudge F bomb. I, I mean, when I, I when I picked this, when I picked this movie, that was one of the first things in my head is that that really? line oh. of like, all right, that's just going to be something we just have to get past. Yeah, because I mean, it's manly men being manly men, and you know that's this movie is a testosterone extravaganza. I mean, it's written by the same guy who who did Monster Squad and they drop a hard F in that one too. Ooh, so They dropped that one a lot in that movie actually. Yeah. So that so, what's that say about him, eh? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I'm not implying anything about him. It's just it, that's the period of time and the things that people said which we now can look back on and be like, well, that was wrong. But there's all sorts of things, not just that, but like the the, the machismo of this movie. Like right. all the guns are gargantuan. Yes. No one has anything stealthy. Like what's his name? Jesse Ventura is carrying around a he, Yeah, like, it's a gun. Vulcan chain gun. Yeah. Those are, those are mounted to aircraft. That That's the kind of gun it, it is. Yeah, like he's carrying around walking that. Like that just doesn't happen no and then like there's like the comments like i ain't got time to bleed like yeah. the movie's full of it's them. it's all okay th- this is the thing that i really like about one of the things i really like about this movie is the first third of the movie is showing that this team is like a group of super machismo action movie stars that you know are that each one of them you, you would completely see a movie with every single member of that team having their own action movie. And then yeah. they combine them into one super movie where they just like literally the opening of this movie, like, well, not the opening opening, but there's a scene in this movie that is the last scene in commando. Like it's the final act of commando at the beginning of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And what I love about it is it builds all of these characters up to be ultimate badasses and then it spends the rest of the movie breaking them down. Yeah. Yeah, and like you're right. I do I do appreciate that because if you didn't see that going in, you'd be like, yeah, they're army guys and the predators, you know, kicking their butts. Mm-hmm. But like to show them all as these like they said right from the beginning like the, this team is the best of the best. Yeah. And Dutch is the best of the best of the best and he won't do anything with his team without his team because without his team he's not the best of the best of the best. Yeah. So the fact that the predator basically he just makes lunch meat out of them yeah. is i do find that the predator cheats the predator does cheat Which i mean I but mean, the, the thing is the predator is a big game hunter and what big game hunter doesn't cheat yeah that's true you i don't know? have any respect for big game hunters, yeah i'll tell you that much yeah like i don't have any it's like really sitting in a like hidey hole and just yeah like hitting shooting. in a hidey hole and like oh it i trapped it and now i'm gonna shoot it well it's helpless that's that's what the predator does the predator is a big game hunter in every way they're possible yeah i don't i'm not a fan of that style of activity but Mm. at the same time like 
at least the guys he's hunting can shoot back if given the opportunity and like if it were like a deer but whatever yeah the, 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 well that's the thing it's like the, it's like the thrill of hunting a lion right you 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 want the the deadly animal right in this case the hunter is hunting deadly humans instead and and something that i i, I like is that they show them being incredibly competent at not just combat but things like tracking and, and traps and things like that and then the predator walks through all of their traps and they can't track it worth the damn like no. it, it's I, I love that they they show it just waltzing over all of their skill you know yeah. and even though you're right the predator 100 percent cheats like if it was a you know a real hunter it wouldn't be invisible yeah and if he really wanted to prove he was better than these guys at hunting like he you know not be invisible at the yeah. very least he wouldn't be invisible everything else i'm like okay but like there's some interesting weird predator rules too like they will not the the there's only one woman in the entire movie mm -hmm. and the predator does not go after her but it's also because arnold refuses to let her be armed mm -hmm. and he says as, as arnold says in the movie there's no sport in hunting an unarmed uh, an unarmed uh whatever like the not dangerous entity i yes. suppose is the best way to put it and in other movies they actually follow up on this they add more in predator 2 the predator refuses to kill someone because they're pregnant and mm. and in a different predator movie a predator refuses to kill someone because they are old you know mm. but in this movie the predator does kill a heavily injured soldier. Yes, I wanted to bring that up. Poncho. Yeah, Poncho gets like taken out by that log. Like I he really is. He's probably cracked a few ribs. Yeah. I mean, this thing looks heavy. He's probably pretty hurt. But I'm wondering. Well, is, they don't think he's going to make it based on their conversation. Yeah. Like Billy's like, he's not going to do well. Like he's not well here. But I'm wondering if maybe the predator was aiming at Arnold and missed. Yeah, it's sort of that because that was something I thought going into it was that entire conversation that we just had was like, I remember this. And then watching it this time, it definitely looks like he missed hitting hitting Arnold and hit Poncho instead. But like. The question is, did he? Because the rest of the time he doesn't miss. Like, uh, like, I mean, well, uh, no, well, I mean, if he's shooting at Arnold, he misses. But if he's shooting at anyone else, well, there you go. If he's shooting at Arnold, he misses. He misses. Yeah. So <laughs> you just you answered go. your own question. I, there you go. Because anyone else he shoots at, he takes them out. Like one shot, one kill, kind of a thing. Well, that's not true. He, he, he does one shot someone's arm off, and then yeah. does, does the job with them having no arm. But then again, that's some of more along the lines of the predator cheating by disarming his opponent and then. Yeah, and then the still killing thing. them. But still, like, yeah. 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 So obviously, after a bit, like, these guys know that they're something is out there because they can't see it. They yeah. see, like, the shifting shimmer of the invisibility, which, okay, can we talk about that invisibility? The invisibility? Like, the effect? The effect. Yeah. yeah. Like, I understand this movie probably was made for fairly cheap yeah the budget for this movie was around 15 to 18 million mm -hmm. which i mean money seemed to go a lot more a lot further in these days but exactly yeah yeah well inflation. probably most probably most of the budget went towards that costume the predator costume yeah. predator costume is a pretty costume and then the rest of it to arnold's paycheck yeah well some of these other guys who are in it like they're pretty big names right yeah. i guess we're well known enough like Jesse Ventura Jesse was a Ventura, big name yeah. being a wrestler, right? Mm -hmm. and anyway, 
but that effect is um you didn't like it it probably would have looked better if we, we continued to be on the wrong wi-fi oh. and the quality <laughs> yes. of the movie te- was a little lower yeah we were on the wrong wi-fi and we watched the first half of the movie in low quality yeah so it wasn't fantastic to be in it but like then when the quality went up the actual quality of the movie in terms of effects you'd notice a lot more and that that effect is very like i sure in 1987 technology it was quite good but even compared to again jurassic park is only six years later yeah like six years later and i know that budget was way bigger and blah 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 but still it's it's just not great they probably had to do what they could to make it evident like they couldn't you you need to know that the predator is there. You need to be like, oh wait, is that not quite the predator? You can't just completely hide him. Yeah, you know. I mean, fair, but like the effect itself is poorly done. You know how they did it? How? Please tell me. They actually had like a guy on set, the guy in the predator costume, and he was basically in like I want to call it a Muppet version of the predator costume. Basically it's, it's the, it's the costume with no detail and it's all done as like red padding. And that's how they did it to make him stick out from the jungle so that they could crop him out was they literally had him standing there in in a big poofy red suit so that they could trace him and then take him out kind of a thing. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would have had no idea. How would you? You don't watch special features in movies like I, I do. generally don't. No. You're right. I generally have no, unless it's something specific to my interest about the movie. If I, you did, if you did know special features for this movie, you would know that Jean-Claude Van Damme was the original Predator. I did suit. know that actually, though. Yeah. And He's he, too short. Well, also, he didn't like the fact that you couldn't see his face. I mean, fair. He did go on to be a really big star for a while. Yeah. But but everything else holds up pretty well for you, effects-wise? Uh, the weapon firing, some of them, not so much. That's the other thing. So sometimes, like, who is it that gets shot in the chest and it goes right through? Blaine, which is Jesse Ventura. Yeah. And you see, like, the fire hit him. Okay. Fire, quote unquote, quote unquote, where it's obviously just drawn on the screen. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to do. I mean, think of any time. No, a lightning... light Jesse F. Ventura on fire for real. Okay. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, but like, come on. <laughs> the dude should be like dedicated to his craft. Just light uh-huh. him on fire. Just light him on fire. You know, I'm kidding. Of course. But still. Yeah, I just, uh, the effects, some aspects not great, but a lot of the stuff that is, again, anything that's practical looks fantastic. Practical beats computer every time. Mm-hmm. Like the, the thing that, that I love going into the practical is, is the, the predator design itself is fantastic. And I always forget how much of a height difference there is between the the guy in the Predator costume and Arnold until you watch the movie. Because mm. like Kevin Peter Hall, I believe is it's Kevin Peter Hall or Kevin. Like Kevin that. Peter Hall. Yeah, Kevin Peter Hall. He's like enormous and he plays the Predator in this movie. He plays the Predator in Predator 2. He's also Bigfoot in Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, he also died in 1991. I did know that. Why to be way to be sad about That's it? That's sad. Yeah, but like 
he's huge. He's absolutely huge. Seven feet, two and a half inches. Yeah, and he towers over Arnold during their fight scenes. And like they, I think they actually put like platforms on top of his height to make really? him that much, a little bit bigger. Not by a lot, but like they, they were like rocketed him up like another inch or two in the, in the suit. But yeah, like the suit itself, thanks to James Cameron, James Cameron is uh, part of the reason that that design is so memorable. Basically, he was on a plane with Stan Winston, who Stan Winston's company did the effects. Oh, okay. And he was designing the Predator, like on the plane, sitting next to James Cameron. And James Cameron basically turns to him and he's like, I've always wanted to see a monster with mandibles. Oh. And that's where that comes from, is Stan Winston was like, well, then I, I'll show you, kind of a thing. And that's where the Predator's face comes from. Interesting. Yeah, I, there's early designs of the Predator where he's like he looks more like a beetle with human arms and legs. Oh. They actually made a costume that was the beetle with arms and legs, and they did some filming, including filming with the red suit. I think it's actually Jean Claude Van Damme in the red suit that, mm. for the the weird beetle looking version of the Predator. Would have been a very, very different movie with that design. I th- I, I don't think. I don't think the the last act of this movie where where Arnold fights the Predator would have been anywhere near as successful had it been the other design for the Predator. That's for sure. Yeah, no, this design, especially because you don't. That's one of the best things about this movie, too, is like you don't see the Predator. It's real fit. You see the mask and Mm. it's like a pretty like not mask helmet. It's a helmet, but it is a mask. Yeah. His face is covered and it's like not the general shape of the face, Mm -hmm. but you don't actually get to see what the predator truly looks like until the very end. Mm -hmm. And that's genius because if you saw that predator's face right from the beginning, like it's still cool, but leaving it as like a reveal of what does this monster really look like? Mm -hmm. And then you see it and like, holy crap. Yeah. Like that's pretty great. Yeah, no, it, it's an iconic design. And they did some great things with it to just make it stand out. Like, obviously, the mandibles, the dreadlocks really yeah. make it stand out. And the fact that it's, again, it is a, a dude in a suit who is there, really. And that, that's something that I find that the other, a lot of the movies get right. Like, say what you will about some of the Alien versus Predator movies. The Predator designs are still amazing because it's literally a dude in a suit running mm-hmm. around in front of you and a lot of the aliens are cg so some of those may not look as good versus the predator who's a guy running around and, and looks good that's one thing that they they absolutely nail in this movie yeah i do i do have a question about because like again so you see all the the main guys or like the you know the core group guys that are still alive they they decide to like you know they set these traps and they're mm-hmm. waiting for the thing and blah 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 and they don't know what they're up against they haven't even seen this so, and then bill duke starts shaving yeah, Bill Duke, he he does it at the beginning of the movie as well. He's doing it in the helicopter. Do you think it's like a nervous, like, behavior? Yeah, like, it's, it, they, they kind of talk about it in special features as well, as that's kind of like his thing that, they, that he does. And when he shaves and he cuts his face, that was like an improv on the set mm. on the day. They actually, like, he was doing that and they came to that that like oh let's do it because the the blade itself did not have actual razors in it and they basically had somebody on set like drill a hole in the bottom and they did the little blood pump in it and then uh, they just had it shoot out but that was like an improv on the day interesting yeah oh well that's neat because mm-hmm. like i was like again this movie wasn't made for super i could 
why not just have him really shaving? And then like, but I didn't think the blood was real. Yeah, no. But still, like, that's that's actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, on one hand, I'm like, why is he shaving? But when I think of it as like, well, what if that's his like nervous behavior? Because like my nervous behavior is I chew my fingernails, right? Like everybody has something. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's it's nice because the thing about that character, it's Bill Duke, who's also in Commando. (laughs) He's the Green Beret guy, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he has an interesting arc in this movie because by the time we get to the part that you're just talking about where he's shaving so hard that he cuts himself, he's lost his mind. Like he is completely losing his shit over the fact that his like best war buddy, like the, these two guys have survived thick and thin together, yeah. is, is dead. And like, I don't know who killed him. Like he can't. He's, he wants to avenge him, and everywhere he goes, he's thwarted by yeah. this predator. Like, and, and then, you know, he kills the boar in the middle of the night, and as it goes on, he just loses it more and more and more. And I, I, I it's an interesting, you know, arc of a character to show someone who, at the beginning of the movie, is very calm mm-hmm. and very efficient to just absolutely lose his shit by the end of the movie and especially one who has been able to live normally through all this mm-hmm. to just go off through it so like obviously they know that i think it's the unknown mm-hmm. that would probably be the scariest thing because you you literally don't know what is after you and how to fight it and everything that they they've done in the past to like you know easily kill other people really mm-hmm. isn't working yeah. Like everything that they know to be true doesn't work. And so they've got, I'm sure these guys have been through so much that like literally they're probably in the mindset of there's nothing I haven't seen. And then there's something that they haven't seen. And it's like, oh no. And they do, like you're right. They, they kind of start to lose it a bit. Yeah. Something that I, I actually really like about this movie too is like, not only do they have the, these sequences with with these characters and they're like, you know, they begin to lose it. And, and each person seems to react differently to everything that's going on. And, but something that I always really liked is Dutch, the way he approaches the entire thing is he cares about everybody. Yes. And he's a good leader. He's a good leader. He cares about the safety of his men, which is good, obviously, mm-hmm. like you would expect that. But he also cares about everybody else. Like he he is very adamant that they are a rescue team. Yeah. They go to rescue people. Yeah. And when he arrives at the the guerrilla camp at the beginning of the movie and he witnesses one of the hostages killed, you see he reacts mm-hmm. not not as a oh, you know, we have a mission to carry out. He is remorseful that they were not there in time mm-hmm. to save that hostage. Yeah. You know, and and that's something that I really liked about Dutch's character is he's the other characters all have moments of, yeah, killing, you know, like, I mean, especially Blaine and especially Bill Duke's character, whose name I can't remember right now, but like they all seem to have these moments of like, you know, shooting people's fun almost. Yeah. But you never get, well, maybe not, maybe one time, maybe stick around. <laughs> that might be the yeah. only time that Schwarzenegger takes any joy in any, Dutch takes any joy in what's going on around them in the battle scene. But yeah, no, he, he seems like a good leader and like they, they've got this woman captive and he does come around to helping her. I would say it's like, 
he doesn't seem very impressed that Carl Weathers has dragged her along as a hostage, mm. but not hostage. She's a POW. Yeah, I get because like they're like, oh, she she's going to run back. And if we don't, if we let her go, she's just going to run back and we're going to be ambushed. Yeah. And he even like because that's the thing. He even does protect her when he's figured out that the predator is only going after people who are armed and dangerous basically and she goes pick up a gun and he kicks the gun out of her hands it's to like keep her from being a target yeah in that moment he's more worried about her safety than his own yeah so he could have very much been like good she'll be a good distraction and nope but he he literally saves her i don't know he's a good dude and like again he's basically the same character as it's John matrix yeah I, I mean after he fights the predator and everything blows up he goes and he feeds some deer and has ice cream yeah there you go <laughs> and then he eats a green beret he eats green berets for breakfast <laughs> but can i also mention yes can i also mention so at the end it's arnold versus predator and he's very clever about cloaking himself yes well because well, the thing that I, I really like about this movie too is it's very good at giving out information mm-hmm. without it being too like expositiony. Mm-hmm. And the scene where he falls in, uh, you know, he falls off of a cliff into a waterfall, and uh, and then he lands in the mud, and and they makes the discovery that he can't be seen. Very well done. Much better than him being like, "Wait, if I cover myself in mud, I, the, you know, something like that." Yeah, there's right? no lazy exposition. Yeah. It is. It's very much show, don't tell, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I'm very impressed by that because it never tells you like, you know, Shane Black's character, who's the big talker. He yeah. never like says, hey, guys, do you ever notice that maybe this thing might be invisible or, yeah. hey, guys, do you ever notice that, you know, this thing is only shooting people with guns yeah. or like anything like that? There, there's none of that. But you still get that yeah. without being told. Mm-hmm. So it does a good job of that. But. So at the end is Arnold versus the Predator, and Arnold kicks his butt. Yep. And he gets his butt kicked too a bit, but this Arnold wins. And the Predator's dying. And then he starts pressing buttons on his Predator arm cuff, yes. which Arnold obviously can't read. They're in whatever alien language Predators speak. Mm-hmm. And then the Predator starts to laugh. Yes. And I genuinely, because I'm sure you could be like, well, he knows how to imitate other voices. Yeah, it, it mimics. But he genuinely starts to laugh, and I don't think it's a mimic. I think he's actually laughing. So it's very good that predators, when they find something humorous, might maybe maybe he doesn't find it humorous. Maybe that's how they cry. Maybe who knows? Maybe that's how they cry. I mean, that he is going to die. I I don't know if you you noticed though the laugh. It's Billy. It's Billy's voice. Is it? Yeah, it's Billy's laugh. He's mimicking Billy's laugh from earlier in the movie. Shane Black's character tells one joke that makes Billy laugh, and that's where he mimics the laugh from. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of the all of the lines that the predator mimics are used at some point during the during the ensuing fights. Like um, Bill Duke's character, he hears him talking to Dylan, mm-hmm. and he says, "You know, over here, turn around," and he throws those out to distract Dylan during the scene where he's hunting Dylan. And then later, when he's dying, he's he's mimicking Billy's laugh. Whether he knows that whether the predator knows that the context is correct, it makes for a very interesting scene. Oh, yeah, he's mimicking. It's Billy's laugh. 
Interesting. I I had no idea. You just thought the predator was just laughing away. Yeah. Which I was like, it's a good thing he knows like he but even then it's still like he knows what laughter is Mm -hmm. to use it in context. Because he's laughing at Arnold to be like, you think you've you, you think won, you've beat me, yeah. And I'm just gonna kill kill us both now. And Arnold thankfully gets away. In another scene of great show don't tell, Arnold figures out that it is a countdown just from the the cues, mm-hmm. which is I thought was great. Yeah. So I mean, I get like that was I would say pretty easy to figure out. Like once you figure out he's the predator is very amused by something that is probably bad. So Arnold's intuition to get the heck out yeah that that also lends to your your theory about the predator being a big cheater is that and that's something that i've always found too is the predators the predators when they lose they're pretty big sore losers yeah they like just blow themselves up yeah well i feel like in their culture that losing is going to get you killed anyway yeah so like you might as well just die anyway without getting die in this way you're at least not dying in shame right you know you 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 went out like a predator so it's okay does it make sense yeah no it makes sense yeah so thankfully arnold the the late anna her name's anna right uh yeah i think or is it maria I can't remember. I, I, I clearly I'm doing a great job with, outside of. There's one girl and I can't remember her name. Yes. There's one girl in this whole movie. Yep. Like that is. That's a bit much. I mean, yeah. Anna. Yeah. It is Anna. I should have just gone with my gut. But like they get back on the helicopter and, you know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. But like. I don't know about all good. Well, no, all their friends are dead. All their friends are dead. Arnold looks like he might as well be dead. Yeah. It's like, do we really know if, because he's not in the sequel. No. There's a lot of like, like extended universe stuff about him and and what might happen with him. There's a comic book, a Predator comic book. Yeah, there's lots. But but... it's it's the first one. Oh, okay. And it takes place before, it's before Predator 2 came out. Okay. And it's about... A predator in in New York City hunting Dutch's brother, who is trying to find out what happened to Dutch. Oh. Who is another dude who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger? I mean, fair. Yeah, this is brother. And there's also an Alien versus Predator video game where he gets a cybernetic arm and fights aliens in space. Oh, yeah. Uh... We can thank Japan for that one. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, really, but no, like I he technically won and I mean, but it doesn't look like he won based on his face in the last few shots of the movie. Yeah. But it's Arnold. He probably made it mm-hmm. like, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He probably did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we are treated to one of my favorite credit sequences of all <laughs> time. Yes. Why are they like, there's just so many like looks to camera and like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> Which is funny because okay. it's it's all they all do that, but Arnold's one is just a shot from him in the movie. Like it's, yeah. it's they reuse a shot of him from the movie, but everybody else gets their private wink and nod at the camera. Which, 
Come on. I know I've heard enough stories about Schwarzenegger to know what a prankster he is. There's no way there's no footage of him winking and nodding at the camera on the set of this movie. Like there's a story. There's a story about how because there was a of course there was with all of these guys involved in the movie. There was a, a gym that was close by to the set. And what they did is. Jesse Ventura went to the wardrobe department Mm -hmm. and asked them for Arnold's biceps measurements. Oh, boy. And he found out that they were bigger than Arnold's. And then they went to the gym and he's like, hey, Arnold, let's measure biceps. Oh, boy. So that he could show up Arnold in the gym. And then they measured them. And Schwarzenegger's biceps were way bigger than Jesse Ventura's. And Jesse was like, what? Like completely dumbfounded. Arnold paid the people in wardrobe to tell Jesse the wrong measurements so oh that he goodness. could make fun of him in the gym oh, because he boy. heard that Jesse was going to do this. Oh, my so, goodness. I mean, th- you can't tell me that there's no footage of this guy winking and smiling at the camera. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, but I mean, this is one of his earlier movies. Like, maybe he was just like. You know, like, maybe he's like, I have a I gotta mystique. Take this seriously. I have a mystique. T- you cannot show no, me goofing around. I feel like he's more the type, like a lot of people are here working very hard, putting in long hours. I'm a good worker and I'm not going to do something that's going to ruin a shot on purpose simply for a joke because that's just going to hold everybody else up. Like he seems like the kind of person who's like, no, let's do it. Like good he's job. T- he Tom Cruise is it? Oh, that's right. Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is, is crazy. Tom Cruise does that kind of stuff. Tom I Cruise th- also produces a lot of the movies he's in, so there's part of the reason why he does that. But I feel like Arnold is more like just respectfulness, whereas yeah. Tom Cruise's is, is a bit craziness. Well, I mean, he's got movie stuff that he's got to take care of, right? He's producing these movies too. Yeah, Tom Cruise is crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, we should do some Tom Cruise movies. And I was like, wait, we have. We, do, we should do and more. And neither of them were good. We'll do more. Uh, okay so sooner or later we're gonna hit the mission impossible movies and we're gonna have some fun yeah because like they all have they've been going on for so long not to go off on him but they've been going on so long that they've really in except for the last few that have strung a story together the first few have a completely different tone to each movie yeah definitely so anywho anywho Back to this movie. Yeah, that credit sequence. The, I, I always love it because you could very easily and I'm sure there's videos on YouTube where people have put like, you know, like the family ties theme song over it. Oh, or, my God, you could. Blossom. Blossom. Um, what was the one I was thinking? Uh, Full House. Oh, yeah. It's Full very House. Full you know, like it, it's great credit sequence. Great credit sequence. But what better place to stop talking about this movie than at the credit sequence? <laughs> critics in 1987 had thoughts on this movie so laura why don't you fill us in on some past reviews okay so this one's a little tricky to kind of get accurate for rotten tomatoes score kind of thing right for today versus when it came out because Mm -hmm. when it came out it actually had fairly negative reviews really so right now it holds an 81 critical and 87 audience but like the reviews i i found that are like from when it came out. Um, New York Times described the film as grisly and dull with few surprises. Uh, few surprises. I know, right? What? <laughs> no, I could never be a movie critic. An thought- alien from space hunts people. <laughs> That's not a surprise for you. All right. Anyway. Anyway, Michael Wilmington of the Los Angeles Times said it's arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, and most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. 
I'll give a it a little it, harsh. It is all the harsh, very. I'll give it a, its derivative, but I would say in the beginning it's derivative so that it can do more later. You know? I, I agree. I agree. And then Roger Ebert said a little more positive, actually. Good. Predator moves at a breakneck pace. It has strong and simple characterizations. It has a good location photography and terrific special effects. And it supplies what it claims to supply, an effective action movie. And I would agree with him wholeheartedly there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And it was actually nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Didn't win. I didn't think so. But it was nominated for the Best Visual Effects Oscar. And you were went on this long tangent about how bad the effects were. At least the invisibility effect, anyway. Well, the winner was Inner Space. I haven't seen that movie. And there might have only been two nominees. Oh, really? That's not good. I mean, maybe Inner Space is way better. Like, effects-wise, I mean. I mean, it... I don't know Inner Space It's from Joe Dante. I don't even know. A test pilot is miniaturized in a secret experiment and accidentally injected into a hapless store clerk. Oh, interesting. It's got Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, Meg Ryan, Vernon Wells. Is this a comedy? It sounds Robert like Robert Picardo. I don't I don't know this movie though. I think it sounds like it's got Martin Short. Yeah, that's what makes me think it's a comedy. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a comedy. Action adventure comedy. There you go. There you go. So there you are. Shrinking it, shrinking means miniatures to me. And miniatures usually means good effects. Usually. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. There were no other awards or anything like that? No. Well, it was nominated for like Saturn Awards and stuff. It had a couple for music, actually. Oh, really? Well, you know what? I do. I've always enjoyed the theme to this movie. I could not even think of like a hazard guess to what the theme sounds like you don't we you well you watch the movie i know but i just it's not memorable hun come on come on awesome theme and the little bongos during the pants come on uh-huh come on no well i guess at that point we should get to what we thought of this movie, I think it's it's pretty plain to say, pretty plain to say <laughs> that I'm giving this a double butter. I, I mean, I can't just go on about the soundtrack for another 30 seconds without you know, this movie's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a well made film. It holds up with most of the with a few exceptions. I mean, some of the effects might be a little wonky. Some of the language might be a little wonky, yeah. but like it's fun. This is a roller coaster. It's a popcorn movie and it's double butter. I, I still enjoy it. And I, I had a feeling I would. So, yeah, no, I still really like this movie. Double butter for me. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it a double as well. It is um, it's just a fun adventure movie. If you don't mind some very obviously fake gore. And some not so politically correct language. It's it's a fun watch. Like it is, it's different than most action movies because of the aspect that the it's not it's a sci-fi movie that isn't really sci-fi. Yeah, it's not too far in either camp. Because I'm not a big sci-fi person. I don't like hard sci-fi. Yeah, I like Star Trek. 
Yeah. But, but that's that's it for like sci-fi sci-fi. So this is like a very mild sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And it's much more of an action adventure movie than it is a sci-fi movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a double. Nice. Nice. Doubles all around. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Go track yourself down a copy of uh, Predator if you can get a hold of that. I mean, hey, it's double butters all around here. But next week... We will be taking a look at 1994s. I was waiting for that seven. Anyway, go ahead. I almost picked up even 1997. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess what it is when I tell you that next week we're going to be what? Because it's between two movies uh, with the same lead actor. Uh-huh. But I went with the 94 because we've done too much 1997. Uh-huh. We're going to watch The Mask. Oh, interesting. The funny thing was, is I actually saw like a YouTube video thumbnail about The Mask. And I was like, we should do the mask sometime. Yeah. And that it, was like an hour ago. <laughs> it's one I've wanted to do for a while. And I also feel like it's one where it's either going to be amazing and hold up great, or it's going to be awful. And we're like, wow, how did this, how was this such a success? Yeah. That's what either I was way, thinking too. I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. Is the other movie Liar Liar? Yeah. I've seen a lot of, uh, that's, I think that just hit Netflix again. Yeah. So it's like getting a lot of like, watch it the mask is on one streaming service for free that we have oh yeah Tubi. it's of course it's Tubi. <laughs> you know what Tubi has been kicking butt for like classic slashers lately so i've been watching a lot of Tubi right. lately. i'm down i'm down well let's watch the mask so there you go next week we will be watching the mask look forward to that next week for this week's episode of burnt popcorn i am mike and i am laura and we'll talk to you guys again uh soon bye <laughs> i stole your thing you stole mine